Come, don't fade this all the way down. Keep this going. This may come as something of a surprise to you. But when I was young, a little bit acid-addled, this was the first song I ever learned on guitar. No way. One of only three songs not I ever bad, learned on guitar. This is not me playing. All right, oh, let's be clear. Oh, okay. No, this is not me playing by any means. No, no. But I, as a young neo-hippie, right? I'm like, I'm going to grow my hair out long. I'm going to be interesting. I'm amazing. I'm dangerous. I'm fascinating. Even though I'm aping things that have happened 25 years before. Was this Brian Owen, the Coon Rats? <sighs> no, no, no. How dare you? <laughs> Unbelievable. No, I, I was in a band very, very briefly. Oh, I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud. We were called Channel. Oh. Get With your one head, end like Coco Get your Chanel. head around that. No, not <laughs> Chanel. Channel. Oh, okay. We were deep and we were dark. We were drug-addled. We were difficult. Inscrutable, mm. if you were. And short-lived. And if you will. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> wildly short In fact, we never played a gig or recorded anything other than a handful of small cassette demos that I know exist out there somewhere, but they're gone. But here we go. So, when you're Sid Barrett and the band that would eventually go on to record Dark Side of the Moon, in swinging London in 1967, you get away with this shit. When you're a bunch of fucking trench coat wearing punks that nobody cares about in 1988 South Minneapolis, shut up. Hey get, man, away, get away from here with that shit. Can I have some of your cloves? I had a clove earlier today. <laughs> you did not. I'm not joking. Oh, my God. You know how? You know why? Why? I'm an edgelord. Oh. Edgy. I thought you said because I have a big case of the fuckets. <laughs> my elder stepbrother smoked the cloves. I got to be honest. I also have a big case of the fuckets, if I'm not <laughs> honest. Uh, hi, it's Brian Oak, and this is the Brian Oak Show, episode 201, the literal dawn of a new age. How are we here? How have we done 201 episodes, Sean? It's a fucking miracle. Where'd you get that Sub Pop Long Sleeve tea? Because I fucking love it. I got it in Seattle, actually. I at went the to airport? A... No. Because they uh, have a the... Sub Pop shop at the airport. I went to one of the Sub Pop shops by the yeah. studio. It's weird to think about a band, like a, a label that was like, we're just a mid-level label. We're just trying to help all these cool bands in Seattle and literally became... Like capital fucking records, right? But I mean, like, but it looks, it's a cool logo, man. And I love the long sleeve tee bit. I've always, I've always liked it. I'm, uh, I'm about three fourths of the way through Trouble Boys right now. Bob Murr book. Um, yeah, yeah. Really, really good. But it's so fucking tragic as we all know. But 
I mean, we kind of know what happened, but fun still, thing you- about rock and roll is that there are a lot of casualties laying by the side oh, of the road. Man, it's even worse than I thought. You know, but I mean, like, and we all know that, right? Like, rock and roll is cool. It's fun. It's alluring. It's that moth to the flame thing. But unfortunately, there are people who flame out way too hard, and they're literally laying dead by the side of the road thirty years yeah. ago, forty years ago, twenty years ago, whatever the yep. case may be. <sighs> Sabotage and self-sabotage seems mm. to be the, the thing. It's just Either you fuck tragic. somebody or you fuck yourself? Yeah, that's it. Like, the end. <laughs> I mean, I th- it's so depressing that I'm having a tough time listening to the last 25%. And it's Mary Lucia who's, who's you know, yeah. doing the voice work and does a great job. Who's one of the greatest on the planet. Yeah. And, uh, man, there are a few voices I'd rather listen to. Her delivery is, is stellar. And just that when she... But her understanding of the content as well, that's, yeah. that informs that kind of delivery. You don't get to be that good at what you do without having an understanding of, of what you're working with. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, Sub Pop was brought up with all of this as well. So. That being said, here's an intro-level podcast called The Brian Oak Show, episode 201, made possible by Smart Stuff. Smart Start MN. Smart Start MN is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. They help provide you with the means to get back on the road, to get back to your as much of a semblance of a normal life as you're going to have for a while after a DUI. You're going to need them if you go through that experience, which I hope you never ever. It, again, I've said this so many times, but it's weird to have our primary sponsor be someone I hope you never have to call. Yeah, but that's crazy. not the way the world works. I know it's 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 a weird it's a weird uh, sponsorship in that way. Look, I'll be honest. I had a DUI. Yeah. It was more than twenty years ago, but there was no smart start then. Would have been fucking nice, but apparently they came along a little, little, little later on. They did work with the legislature, and they did work with the infrastructure, and they were the ones who fomented the whole smart start technology bit and got people back on the road. Now, other carpetbaggers have come along in the meantime. Smart Start MN, Ed and Mike have been with us since day one, since before, literally day one. We appreciate them, and thank you, and thank them for everyone who's contacted them and who does the work. And um, yeah, I hope you never need them. But if you do, they're right there. Absolutely. Ran into Ed uh, Tuesday night and pulled him in for the hug. Mm. Oh. But I just met his wife for the first time and I did not pull her in for the hug because that's weird when people just meet you and they want to hug. And you're kind of not a big huggy type of guy. You anyway. know, years in, it's still weird for the hug. Yeah. Not down. <laughs> but and it was cool. I scene. know you're a toucher. Anyway, <laughs> Smart Start Only MN. With permission. Smart Start MN.com. <laughs> slash Brian Oak Show or The Brian Oak Show to find out how to get 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock system. So today's guest has been a guest on the show before, but she is truly dynamic, intelligent, wise, has a certain look in her eyes where you're like, don't you ever dare underestimate this person. <laughs> I don't, I, but am I wrong? She's a force. Tell me I'm wrong. No, she's no, great. Exactly. She's a like, force. You're like, oh, oh. Oh, and it's all good. So the other day, uh, and by the other day, I mean yesterday, I was working one of my other jobs at the record store, and I came across a copy of Haley Bonner. Now, just these days, just Haley, but went by Haley Bonner back in the day, Last War. Now, we've had not only, uh, we've had two of the musicians that feature prominently on this record in the studio before for this particular podcast. We're not going to say our official hello, and we're not going to dive too deep into it yet, Annie. But Annie, I'm I'm looking at your response right now. 
to the post I made on Facebook, you wrote in all caps, the best fucking album. Why? Haley is a really smart songwriter. I think the album itself has a through line to the whole thing. The musicians and collaborators she brings on with her are smart and uh, smooth. Like uh, And you said once about the synths that are on that record. It's just sort of like it builds to this place you don't expect it's going to go. And she takes you there like gently, but then sends you out into this atmosphere of like total you're just fucked, right? It just like breaks your heart. <laughs> I listened to that album on repeat and I just kept inviting the heartbreak. Like I love it. It's I love all, how much it hurts. It's it, so it, good. Oh my, now that is my quote that I'm going to use. I love how much it hurts. Yeah. I cannot listen to this song without crying. Mm-hmm. So I look forward to coming back in tears on the other side of Haley's <laughs> Last War, the title cut from this release of the same name on the Brian Oak Show.
I think Annie put a beautiful point on that where she said there's a thread that runs through the whole record, even though every record has a different vibe. Now, I, because I don't know if it's radio guy or what, but like I love over-ear headphones. I think they change the nature of mm-hmm. music listening. Yeah. Would you agree? I totally agree. It, it, it changes the nature of what you're listening to. Whether we're in stereo or mono, I don't really think it matters. Over-ear headphones. I'm not ex- encouraging people to go out and buy fucking Beats by Dre because I think those have shitty dynamic range uh-huh. and you shouldn't spend $350 on your headphones. Yeah. You can have headphones that are better than the ones we're wearing right now for $200. And it, it changes everything. And your earbuds are fine, and I'm not really trying to live in judgment, but man, when you listen to that song, it sounds so simple, right? It sounds so basic. And I remember talking to Jeremy Ildesacker about that record, and he's like, the layering of the guitars took dozens of hours. And I'm mm. like, of course it did, because it's flawless. It's like Pink Floyd metal. It is brilliant. And when when someone puts that effort into it, and then you hear it the right way, it changes everything. I- well, I was just going to, because I think it enters your body. Like, it just permeates mm-hmm. your yeah. experience. Like and, Bone and, conduction. Oh, absolutely. And I think, especially in that song, the re- listener is rewarded by having, like, an overhead, over-ear. I couldn't uh, agree more. No, those absolutely. synthesizers come floating in, the guitar comes floating in, and it all comes down from above, and, oh, joy from above. Haley Bonner on The Brian Oak Show, episode uh, 201. Sean, how did that happen again? Um, just, we went through one through 200 and that's why we're here. <laughs> and then we did one more. Yeah, we did one more. Now we're doing one more. So this is like, yeah, we're kind of halfway through. The 200th and a half. Quarter. You, you yeah. have a way of making this show very exciting. <laughs> it's my goal. I appreciate goal, that. Just to lift you up. <laughs> <laughs> the wind beneath my wings. Yeah, that's why I was going to sing it, but. It I appreciate it. To. I'm so glad you didn't. <laughs> Our guest today is Annie Anniking. Annie and the Bang Bangs is her band. She is not like other people. And I don't mean that to, you know, push her away. I don't mean that to like be like, look what's happening over there. My highest compliment I can pay to anybody is I don't know anyone else like you. Annie, it's wonderful to have you back. And I don't know anyone else like you. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. I get to hang out with you guys talking about music in the room. That's really <laughs> I mean, great. But I hope it's a compliment. So I found this weird bio online for you that said you're a lover and a fire fighter. And I normally would be like, oh, that sounds like something a publicist wrote. However... You know, people are like, oh, I'm a lover, not a fighter. I'm a fighter, not a lover. I feel like you're both. Yeah. I can, by looking in your eyes, see the passion <laughs> for just even getting up and moving through the day that you have. But also, I know that you are not someone to be fucked with. Right on. Is that right fair? On. That's fair. Okay. I, will, right. I accept it into my big old heart. Well, very good for you. Thank you. Before we talk more with Annie, I do want to knock out another sponsor real quick. Our good friends over at Forgotten Star. Mm-hmm. They have a beautiful brewery in Fridley. Just barely on the fringe of Fridley, right by Minneapolis. You can see the downtown skyline. But also while you're there, you can sit inside this facility that was a World War II manufacturing plant. Two giant stacks that rise into the sky. But that's where the forgotten star comes in. Where's the missing star, Sean? We're still trying to find it. But no one has any idea. Nobody has any clue. They've gone through it, and they have looked at a great number of things no one knows. However, they do remember the Forgotten Star, and they've got a great history there. They make good beer there. They're good people. It's a dog-friendly place inside and out. Let's be honest. Brew pubs, man, do people love drinking beer. They do, and there's so much natural light in there. And for somebody that, like, I 
don't really care for this time of the year when it gets dark at 446. Um, not a big fan of that, but there's tons of it. natural light there. I love it except for the fact that at like 630, I'm like, can I please just go to sleep now? I'm so tired. You just brought up an important point. Uh-oh. The answer is yes. Yeah. I get up I get up for work every day at 4 a.m. Last night, I laid down at 7.30. I was unconscious before 8. Wow. When I woke up at 4, I had a full eight hours of sleep. Now, again, when I first woke up, I'm like, fuck this. But then, after about, I don't know, 90 seconds, I was like, oh. <laughs> I thought you were going to say 90 cups of coffee. <laughs> no, no, no. After 90 seconds, I'm like, oh, I feel okay. Let me sit up. Do my normal morning hack because I'm a cigarette smoker. Yeah. Then I did go down and have a cup of coffee, took a shower, and I'm like, fuck this. I'm ready to go. Just a little bit now, of loofah time the, and you're fine. The problem, no, I don't, you know what? I like to keep the scaly skin on my body. <laughs> That's true. I it's, don't really like to remove it. It's armor. It is. It's a protection. Jeez. Oh, Got that force field. <laughs> Danny. <laughs> but the only problem, the only negative I will say is that when you start adopting that lifestyle of going to bed very early yes. and getting up very early, is there's no going back. Like, all of a sudden, your friends are like, hey, we're going out, and the show doesn't start till 1030. You're like, fuck off. I'm, <laughs> I'm done. No, There's a 0% chance I'll be there. So, I mean, there are sacrifices to be made. But, man, you can, I mean, when it gets dark like this, lay down at 7. Fall asleep in front of a shitty Hallmark Christmas movie at 730 and sleep until 5 in the morning. <sighs> So lovely. And that's why you should go to Forgotten Star to get the most daylight you can. <laughs> Forgottenstarbrewing.com. I forgot we were talking about them. I got excited about sleep. Annie, it's lovely, to, it's, Annie, it's lovely to see you again. So we saw you a few months ago. Your second half of your summer and your early fall, was there a lot of playing? Did you get out and rock? We, Kari did the math, and I think we played on average once a week. Uh, since we started playing out in May. I now think, think about wow. that for a second, because when we think about the last year and a half that everyone had to endure, you sat on your butt for a year and a half, didn't get to do anything except maybe some online stuff. Getting back out in front of people, and Sean and I talk about this with musicians constantly, there is a symbiosis, right? Mm-hmm. There is, we as fans are enlivened and then we send that back to you and you as a performer as a rocker you then suddenly get rejuvenated by that and then it it's literally this biofeedback loop so you had a pretty good second half of your summer did you we had an amazing second half of the summer yeah we yeah we just got to go uh, back to places that we've been before so play for people we know really well and then meet new people and play in new places and most of the gigs were outdoors uh the last two we played were indoors um and we had a we made sure we had a, like a proof of vaccination show and but yeah just yeah that that relationship that you have with the audience and that they have with you is just like the most important thing and and i i really fret for the artists who work in mediums where they don't have an opportunity to exchange energy with anyone like my husband's a a writer he's working on this massive book but he doesn't get to go out once a week and be like here's a part of my book you know what i mean he doesn't get to have that sort of immediate feedback um but when he puts it out and people love it in the untold thousands exactly that's where it comes but in the meantime while you're doing the work I, i i know that musicians as they create as they write as they evolve right and i'm not telling you anything you don't know but 
but you know, like you go out and play it. Like I'm not sure this song is at its end point yet, but we're gonna we're gonna bounce it off these people's faces, and yep. you get feedback. You get to feel what that's like. Yeah, yeah, and you get to you get to feel what it's like for the people there with you, but you also get to feel like what it's like in your body, and you're like, okay, cool. That verse doesn't quite feel right yet, or that melody isn't quite where it wants to be. Here's where we need to craft more stuff. But yeah, we've been taking more risks because we've written a lot of songs. And some of them are in the like the beginning stages, and we're just being like, yeah, let's just play them because they're there's some the nugget of them, the 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 core of what they are, are is is great, and we want to just keep exploring, and we're willing to um uh, experiment and and try something, and yeah. Even though you're clearly front and center, I love the fact that you keep saying we. So I would I would if you wouldn't mind indulging me for a moment talking about the bang bang, if mm-hmm. you will, because you keep saying we and obviously you suffer no fools. You are at the age where you can decide what and who you're going to be. You've chosen who you surround yourself with. Will you tell me about the bang bang? I think we chose each other. We made sure. OK, so the bang bang is uh, Mike Hiddles on drums and he sings beautiful harmonies. Kari Tweeten is the fucking bass monster. As uh, <laughs> uh, I, I can't remember if it's uh, James Loney or uh, somebody from his band says she plays the whole bass. Yeah, like, I love so, it. Yeah. Nice. And then John Riedlinger uh, plays guitar and um, uh, and they all. So the, um, I write the words, but we've all been contributing song ideas. And the thing that I love about that is that, okay, I think about the songs that I write, I'm accustomed to be in a certain part of the forest. Like, I understand my acreage. I understand what my part of the forest looks like. So I have my landmarks, blah, blah, blah. But if John brings in a thing or Kari brings in a riff or Mike has a drum idea, I'm sent off into a different part of the forest. And I have no landmarks. I'm totally lost. I'm like, what? where the fuck am I? What is this? And then because of that, because of being lost, my brain has to hook itself up in different ways. So I organize images and words differently and I think about different things. And so that's such a beautiful uh, um, experience that I get to be on. Like I get to be walking around in some unfamiliar territory and come back and be like, hey, John, I have words now for that thing you sent me. And um and and it's just a gift, and we all get to contribute in some way, and, and I love it. See, so you're talking about learning and growing, which is a huge gift, but you also have to have the right allies, right? Like, I mean, you have to have the right people that push you into those uncomfortable areas because if it's an idiot, you're going to be like, fuck you, I know what I was doing beforehand. However, this, okay, I'm listening, I'm learning, wow, I'm uncomfortable, but let's try to figure this out. Yeah. Yeah, I think we have immense respect for one another. And again, I feel like we would all be friends when we were 12. Like, I feel like there's like some aspect of our uh, connection that is really about adventure. And for us, I think anything is a fucking adventure. Would you ride your huffy three speed off a jump that someone had in front of their parents? house? I would ride my banana seat bike off of that. God damn it. Tell me about the song we're about to hear. Now oh, you think you know. Okay. You or you think, think you know. Yeah, you think you know is a response to um, Monday morning quarterbacking that I saw going on around like sexual assault. Everybody Oof. has an idea about what they would do if they yeah. were in the situation. Yeah. So we have a cultural habit of either doubting the motives of the victim or um, imagine or critiquing the way that they were unable to manage a, mm. an intense situation. Um, it's also a really good example of a song that represents the sort of internal emotionally truthful uh core and then expands out into community and then expands further out into like a societal or cultural issue um and i made sure to include a verse in here that's about a male victim because what i was seeing during the me too movement which was an imper- a very important movement women telling their stories i saw some of my male friends tell stories and they were told to not talk at that moment and and that didn't feel okay to me 
And um, and then I'll say another thing about you think you know is everybody thinks they know what they would do if they were the victim, but they also don't necessarily know what they would do if they might be a perpetrator. Like the last verse is about people who are pounding on a door trying to stop something and that there were also people lined up in the hall waiting for their turn. So you don't know until it's happening to you who you're going to be. So we get to hear a brilliant song like that, right? And being, I hate the word woke. I hate the whole notion of trying to brand that culture as a certain thing, right? But being aware and being a human being is both the old and the new punk rock. But you just told me a story like you were working on that song, you're working on that song, you're working on that song, and the solo is not coming, right? Like, I love the process of the musician. I love to hear how people craft and create. 
the difficulties, the ease, the, oh, it dropped out of the heavens like an angel gave it to me, or the absolutely Frankensteining it together for three years, you couldn't come up with the solo, and you came up with the solo. Yeah, that day. Yeah, so I've been we've been working on the song for a while. So first of all, I love the juxtaposition of this. It's kind of a bop. But yeah. it's also like hardcore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like a yeah. Oh no, it's dark. Yeah. And the whole fucking yeah. thing was real dark. Yeah. Yeah. But I love it. I mean, and yeah, anyway. But so that's anyway. what I mean about punk rock. Like, yeah. Punk rock is supposed to be dark. Things are, music at its best, like any art, right? Shocks you out of your comfort zone right. because you have to keep thinking, you have to keep growing, you have to keep learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you apparently couldn't come up with a solo. I couldn't come up with a solo. They all felt like really like. I mean, first of all, I don't play guitar solos, but I was very open with the band about like here. We always talk sometimes. Like, here's the thing I'm really interested in working on. I'm scared to try, but will you let me be bad? You know, and we let each other be bad. Yeah. Um, and but anyway, we were in Creation Audio with Tom Herbers, and it was like we had laid oh. down all the basic tracks, and it was like Saturday night we're going to go on Sunday and lay the others down. I was like. I don't know what to do. It's so bad. I don't know what to do with her solo. And as I was falling asleep, a little voice in my head said, play it on the blue guitar. And the blue guitar Does is... Does the blue sh- guitar have a name? The blue... No, the blue guitar is a fucking blue, the guitar. blue guitar. It's just the blue it, guitar, it, yeah? And it's an open D. And it's a guitar that, like, for some reason is, like, magical for me. I love it. And I understand it. Um, and I just went in there and I was like, I'm just be fucking ugly. It's not gonna, like... There will be no melodic sense to this. It just wants to hold tension and be raw. And then I just fucked around with it. And I was like, hey, guys, I think I have an idea. And then I played it. And like Kari was in the booth and she knew how much I was struggling. She did uh-huh. like two rock hand cymbals up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Tom came in the room. And he's like, we got to put this on the reverb rocket and crank it. And John came in the room and he's like, um, when you hit the B string also, it works better. And I was like, thanks, guys. <laughs> so, wow. yeah. See, again, allies and friends, totally. right? Yeah. You, we cannot get through this life. Without people who both appreciate and also are willing to give you just a little boost yeah. in the right direction yeah. when you need it. Yeah. They do. They, they listen to you when you say you want to do a thing and they tell you when you're doing the thing you said you wanted to do. The new record is called Walkie Talkie, right? Yeah. All yeah. right. Very good. We're going to talk more about that in one moment. First, we're going to talk to my Tom Herbers. Mm. His name is Sean Bernard. Sean Herbers. Nope. <laughs> Sean Bernard. <laughs> All right. Um, friends, <laughs> allies, business partners, but he's also a realtor for uh, Edina Realty, 50th and France location. What's up with that? I just wanted to be in the coolest possible real estate building. Then make a VN. Why are you like this? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm like genuinely trying to promote you. And because you, I, always, I just feel you're weird. The, you're the effing worst. You know, All so right. I'm going to relate it back to Trouble Boys again that I'm, I'm listening to the front part of this and it is going to relate back to real estate but you know paul westerberg kind of grew up with privilege he was the one guy in the band that grew up with privilege did he yes he did he went to holy angels he lived in a very 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 nice home oh i didn't know that oh yeah oh really yeah 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 oh i have some and he always and he always well the other guys all had shit lives you know the stinsons had shit lives and chris mars life wasn't nearly as good as paul's but have you seen where chris mars lives now though no Mm. nice Selling the, those paintings? Bougie? I mean, no. I, I look, hey, I'm not... I love Paul, his paintings. I'm not naming anyone anything, and he is a wildly talented painter. Yeah. But if he grew up... See, I didn't... Re, I don't I know anything about those guys' lives, so I don't know where he grew yeah. up. He's doing okay. But anyway, so the long and the short of it is I feel like I'm always making excuses because it feels weird to work. I mean, so I work from home most of the time instead of going into the bougie 50th and France office. 
you know. Yeah, because that way you don't have to wear khakis and you're wearing boxer shorts. That's exactly that right. have a picture of somebody yeah. from Adventure Time. And on they them. are not, I just learned from, you know, by example, they do not like you wearing the boxer shorts only at the office. Over no. There. Do you wear your penny loafers in your boxer shorts? I do. Okay. Ooh, I do. <laughs> but I put dimes in there. Because <laughs> fuck you guys. For later. High end. <laughs> High end, baby. So if you know of somebody who's looking <laughs> to buy or sell. Right. Well, I, what am I going to do? If you're listening to this show, you know that, okay, it's me. I, I do all the work. I do all the homework. <laughs> I, I'm not a fucking pretentious tool. So that's all, all the point I'm trying to get across, more or less. Um, and then I donate a portion of every buy and sell to a local musician or band. And I'm very proud of that. Uh, I'm very proud of all the all the musicians that we've donated to. The coolest thing for me is, it's not like this overwhelming amount of money, but hearing back from the musicians is really cool. They are so thankful for it. I'm like, well, really, this wasn't that big. They're like, but you thought of me yep. and your client thought of me. And I'm like, we just want you to keep making more music, which is great. Unless you're Amazing. a billionaire, the margins in life are not thick. I don't no. think any of us are living on large margins, right? Nope. So doing anything that contributes back to this community, which is a big part of what we do here on the show, which is a big part of what you do, mm-hmm. I, it, every little bit helps, right? Like, I mean, you're not going to save someone's life, but you might let them pay the XL bill this month. And I also think it just lifts up their day. And if I can do that, great. To be so, thought of in a, in a decent way, in a kind way? Yeah. Sure. It makes huh. you feel like you count. Like, feeling like you count is worth a lot in yeah. the world. So kind of you know? cool. But 612-859-2594. It's my mobile device. Walkie Talkie is the name of your latest record. And you recently, within the last week, actually did a show. Um, and I, I looked at a lot of pictures. I sadly was not there, but I looked at a lot of pictures and it looked exuberant. Did you enjoy yourself? We really did, yeah. And we kissed the tiger, opened, and I was like singing and dancing with my friends to yeah. their music. And I was like, this is a fucking great party. Like, we threw a good party and we had good people mm-hmm. come. And like, I, I will remember. Show, right? It's a rock show. Right. And I will remember every single person who came, like all mm-hmm. these friends and all this family. And it was late at night and that's a big ask in the world now I think you know and and they showed up and we had these like Kari our bassist made a diorama with miniatures that she handmade herself we had like a science fair show and tell booth of how we rehearsed <laughs> during the pandemic making dioramas when I was in yeah. middle school was one of my very favorite things to do yeah. but I'm guessing it was a little dorkier than whatever she came up with oh my God. she came up with amazing miniatures and then like the, and it shows how the plastic was hung in the basement so yeah. we could re- we could rehearse during the pandemic and then I had all these pictures and like little stories on these trifold boards of how we made each song or like where we're rehearsing where we developed a different song and then we had another bold board um, to show how uh, Jacob Stoles, who made the album art, which is fucking phenomenal, right. like his process in making that stuff and, the, and then the conversations we had around making that. You don't mind if I go back just a little bit. When you talk about hanging plastic so you can still practice together, are we talking blo- boy in the plastic bubble level? Like, I can't see you. There is a thin film of plastic between us so that we can all be in the same place but still play yeah so it's like i can i can kind of see you like we could see yeah. each other pretty well but yeah we had a rule we were like hand sanitizers mask we had the plastic up well, which is what you do it's smart right yeah. i mean like we live in a world where you know all of us are fully vaccinated right yeah. now mm-hmm. or mostly fully vaccinated <laughs> um but we clean the room every time and we're all still playing by the rules but back when it was darker and weirder and when you're making this record i mean you have to have literal sheets of plastic hanging between you because especially when you're singing and playing my wife is a choir teacher yeah. droplets 
Yeah. And they're all over the place. Yeah. No, we wore masks. And sometimes when I would sing, just to be able to hear us, hear myself through the mic, I would take my mask off. But like we couldn't, we wouldn't have been able to survive. Like music is important to us and friendship is important to us. So the fact that we can do both things in the same room, we needed that and, and we made it happen. And um, so we have like, so we've got walkie talkie. We have another album that's already mixed. Mm. It's getting mastered. And then we're about 20 songs into an album we were exploring what? for like a 70s inspired album. So like we're we were very productive and we were really intentional with this album. We were like, we want to it, it wants to feel this way. We want to sustain this kind of rowdy energy for about eight songs. We just want to be mm. able to do that. So we really started. That's walkie talkie. And walkie talkie feels to me like a uh, like literally the object is like a way of transmitting important private or secret and potent information to another intelligence. Right. So there's that aspect of it. Mm. But there's also this idea that like when you were a kid, you just had like tin cans and you were like playing. You were like playing with it until you had the idea of a walkie talkie. So it's about adventure. It's you know, it has all those elements to it. And um, all the other albums we've done have been like, well, we have 15 songs. Let's make a record. And this one was like this feels like this let's make more Mm. things that feel like this so it feels like a cohesive energetic statement that's an amazing feeling oh my god to feel like as an artist that you've like you came up with a thing yeah like it wasn't just like i think you put the perfect sheen on it like no we've got songs let's make a record but to feel like you have a thing like Mm -hmm. an actual thing that sounds amazing. Yeah, we're really proud of it. And I feel like it's our best work yet because it's so focused. I'm giddy right now. Like, So thinking about that notion, the idea of a, a higher purpose or, or a true creation. But then when you mentioned you're trying to speak to a higher intelligence, this next song is called Heavy Heads of Hyacinth. Mm-hmm. How fucking high were you when you wrote this song? <laughs> I wish I was high. It was during the pandemic and I would go for lots of walks. And John sent me this. Uh, it was, And we call this, this is our first pandemically written song because he sent me a voice message. And I was like, I'll go out and walk around. So I was giving myself writing assignments. And one of the writing assignments was like, walk down the block, observe everything you can. And then like write like kind of a sonnet at the end of the block. Yeah. So I would just go walk and observe things. And, and lyrics came. And like one of them was like, um, I ruined many parties for my boyfriend when I was a sad girl. I wore all my skirts above the knees to show off all my bruises. And I was like, okay, Mm. what's that about? And then, and then. (laughs) Who knows, but it's fucking brilliant. I know, I loved it. And then the chorus came, which was God is a feeling and I've got a sunrise inside. And that in particular was very confounding to me because I'm not like, I don't, I'm not religious. But anyway, so for me, it's like I let, I allow everything that wants to come, come. And then I like sift around in the song and I'm like, the song is inside the song. The song is inside the song. And then, um, and then I went to his porch and we sat very far from one another. And I was like, I think mm. you need to change this thing a little bit. And then we came up with this song, which is called The Heavy Heads of Hyacinth. Show off all my 
So here's the deal. The latest record is called Wonky Talkie from Annie and the Bang Bang, and it's good. Seeing you live is a different animal, and I hope that you take that in the right way, right? Like, I mean, it's one thing to create a good record that's an accurate accurate reflection of these things you've created. But in my opinion, I think that less than 1% of live records or really even records are an accurate representation of seeing someone do what they do live. If someone shows up, they believe it, you believe it. Then again, we talk about that symbiotic relationship, right? That biofeedback loop. There's nothing else like it. I mean, I'm not saying you're not a good band at recording in the studio. What I am saying is that live, you are an excellent, excellent band. Thank you very much. I don't know. I mean, did that come across as a compliment or did it feel like a backhanded compliment? No, it doesn't feel backhanded. And also, I feel really confident that the way that we recorded the album and the way that Tom was able to um, capture us in that right. moment, that it feels the closest to us in a recorded uh, medium uh, to a live experience. But we like move. We have fun. It's just like a very kinesthetic physical experience for exactly. us. So our, we're, our, all of our beings are present to the artistry and to the people in the room. So yeah, I think that's different. So it's yeah. hard for me to express that particular opinion about a lot of bands without making it sound like I'm like, ah, hey, your records are okay. Right. But yep. you're great life. I mean, right. and I don't, and that's not what I'm trying to say. I just, you know, I mean, Herbert's obviously is a legend, right? Yeah. And a wonderful person to work with. But seeing Annie in the Bang Bang live is, I feel, required curriculum if you're going to pretend to be a fan of the band. Awesome. Is that fair? Yeah. Uh, speaking of, you have part two of your music release party coming yeah. up in the not too distant future. We're going to play at Ice House on November 21st. Mm. Products, the band Products is opening for us. The music starts at 6.30. It's an all-ages bring proof of vax show. So we can invite more people yep. um, and like our families can come because I'm certainly my mom could not come at 10 o'clock at night on the night. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. like we're going to open the, the room to like a, probably a different age group, you know? Um, and um, more I folks. wish I wish there were again as a guy who gets up at 4 a.m. every morning. I wish there were way more shows like that. Also, Aaron Rodgers, fuck off. You're not invited. Bring <laughs> bring your vax card, you dick. Was Get a loud? vax, you dick. Did, was that out loud? It was. Yeah, like it's it. super yeah, we're here. simple. You <laughs> you make tens of millions of dollars a year. Get the fucking poke in the arm. I uh, I am um, I'm covered. I'm cool. Um, I'm. Yeah, immunized. immunized. Good one. <laughs> Shh, let it go, Brian. Let oh, it go. Breathe, oh, breathe. It's an angry Thursday. Hi, I'm Brian. It is the Brian Oak Show, episode 121. Pardon me, 201. Yeah. That was a little dyslexia. That was mental dyslexia. Oh, I've got more than that. He's got emotional <laughs> dyslexia. <laughs> <gasps> I feel like that's the Brian Oak story. (laughs) (laughs) Emotional dyslexia. I love that. The Brian Oak story. You can have it for your next record. That's fine. We're talking to Annie, Annie King. Um, So you've got that show coming up at Ice House. The record, what is the best place for people to come find you? Like if, if people are like, hmm, this is interesting stuff. I wouldn't mind listening to more of that musical combo. Where do they, where, what's the best place for people to go? Not only for them to have access, but for you to make actual money at it. I like it when artists make money doing what they do. Yeah, well, shows then are always the best place because of all of the merch sales go directly to us. We also have it up on Bandcamp. Right. It's on Spotify. I'm just started going delivering records. So right now it's at Barely Brothers. I'm going to bring it to Mill City. I'm going to bring it to Sound on Scene. I'm going to bring it to about, but not that's a film festival. Never mind. Um, I'm going to bring it around. So it'll okay. be around town. Um, but yeah, shows are always the best way. So, and again, 
I, I can't think of the last time I went to a show. Now, again, we're all kind of getting back into the habit of going to shows, right? After a year and a half of not doing any shows. But, I mean, especially because I was always sort of radio guy, right? So mm-hmm. I got to just get into a show for free. I can't really think of a show that I didn't at least buy a T-shirt or a 7-inch or something. Yeah. If you love a band, if you love music, if you don't support it, it goes away. That I mean, unfortunately, I know the math seems overly simple, and it sounds like I'm talking down to people, but it's really the way it works. And the more localized you get or the the less... Magnetic. You go to a Muse show and don't buy a $50 t-shirt, they're probably going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You go to a local show in the entry or at the Turf Club or at the Cedar, you don't buy that $25 t-shirt, that can have a real impact, right? So yep. you support the bands that you want to support. You mentioned something very interesting to me and intriguing. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Walkie Talkie is out now. People can go to Bandcamp, they can get it. I know that people can stream things and that's fine. Buy the fucking record. I just, I, you know, if, if you like something, listen to it first for sure. Yeah. Then buy the fucking record. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned you already have another full album mastered and another, how many did you say? 18 songs? I think we're like about 15, so 15 to 20 can. songs. Not yeah. in the, that one's not in the can. That okay, one's like experimenting. Can, but, but, right. but I mean, like, you're still like, I mean, like, you've got enough that if someone put a gun to your head and said, go in the studio and record yeah, an album right now, record an album. you'd yeah. be able to record an album, yeah. which is wild to get that far ahead of yourself. Now, it, my only concern when I hear that artists work that far ahead, like, okay, so let's say the mastered one, right? Mm-hmm. That's ready to go next. Mm-hmm. Like, this one is relatively new. You're still doing release shows for it. Yep. By the time the next one comes around, are you already so tired of those songs that you're like, I don't give a fuck? No, because I think what we're going to do is we're going to be better about really sticking behind this album, promoting this album, like having like a new another song called Waste of Space is going to come out. And our friend Sarah Richardson is doing the video for it. And she's an mm. amazing artist. So we're just going to really focus on this because right. what we tend to do is like, we're like, hey, we made a thing. And then we're like, <laughs> make, make, make. we got another thing now, everybody. And right. it's like, no, just stay with the thing that you've made and, and focus on that for a little bit. And that's also why I'm playing like all the songs I'm cho- I've chosen today are all our songs like last time i came i threw in some other artists mm-hmm. but i'm like we're gonna f- prom- promote this we're Good. excited about it i'm not i got nothing against that in yeah. fact i to me you know again doing what i've done for a living for so long sean's done the same thing the intersection of art and commerce is a really complex sometimes fun sometimes awful area right i mean like you've created something that means something to you it mm-hmm. actually has a piece of you in it it has your soul in it, it has your heart in it but also it wouldn't be the end of the world to make money off of it, oh, right? Yeah. It, it, it would It would not be the end of the world for this thing to be successful. And, I mean, so when you're an artist, obviously, knowing you as I do, I know that you're writing things that matter in your head and your heart, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But you're also a musician, right? I mean, like, so... Do I overstate? Because I'm I'm an outsider. I don't have any idea what it's like to create something beautiful and magical and amazing. But, I mean, like, to what degree... Does the the commerce part of it interact with the creative part of it? Well, it allows us to understand that we will be able to make another record. Right. Like, that's really important to have But hope. does it inform the early part? Like, when you sit hmm. down, you're like, oh, man, I hear oh. these chords. I hear these words. Now, what if I did this to it or did that to it or produced it in this way? Does that ever enter the equation? No, because I don't know how to do that. Yeah, nobody like, does. I really don't. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's just like you follow you follow your subconscious, you follow your muse, whatever it is, whatever you want to call it. And right. then you... In the, and you play the thing that you feel most deeply about. And then hopefully because you're a human being, you'll connect to another human being who, who connects with that emotionally because they're 
a person. Have you met? Have you met other human beings? I have. I, I've heard they're okay. Well, I've heard a lot of them are okay. Some of them are not so yes awesome. Yes and no. But yes it's a mixed and bag. No, it's Annie. a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. You know. <laughs> to say the very, very, very least, if you wanted to tell someone about, and again, I, I almost, I these are the kind of questions I hate asking. Like I hate asking people why that album title. What were you doing? What were you thinking? What's this about? But if we were to tell people that walkie talkie had a certain philosophy or that it had a certain, you know, production milieu or what if, if there was something about walkie talkie that someone who's never heard you has never heard the record before. If there was something about walkie talkie that you thought the average everyday uninformed person should know, what would you tell them about walkie talkie? I would say it's potent, it has vitality, it's a kaleidoscopic distillate of like human experience funneled through a tunnel of rowdy. She didn't even have to write that down first. Uh, she didn't look at anything, and I feel <laughs> like was like I feel like Annie's flirting with me right now because of that right there that was one of my favorite sentences I've heard in like ten freaking years. That was perfect. Well, my friend told me about that. Said it was like a kaleidoscopic distillate, and I was like, "That's fucking great, dude!" Because that does really what it feels great. like. You just shift it yeah, a little bit, uh-huh. right? And he also said he said it sounds like you have razor blades under your tongue and a long memory. And I'm like, I will also be using that in our promo material. Thank you very much, Rob Shapiro. Like, uh, I will like, also be stealing that no. razor blades under. Under your your tongue, under my tongue and, and a, a long, long memory. memory. Yeah, motherfucker, yeah. that is fucking brilliant. Yeah, yeah I mean, and that's is. like that's from a, that's a friend that I've known. That's like forty years going on with that friendship. You know what I mean? So, and he's a musician too. So I can send this stuff to him and be like, "What do you think? What are you hearing? What is this?" And he's like, "This is what it is," and I love that. It sounds like you have razor blades under your tongue and a long memory. Is one of the coolest sentences I've ever heard in my entire life. Isn't it? I'm not trying to be, you know, hyperbolic. I'm not trying to overstate it. Who's this guy? His name is Rob Shapiro, and he has a band called Pock Bilux, and would, he lives in L.A. Would he be willing family. to be on this show? <laughs> I'm sure he would. He doesn't live here. I don't care. Who? <gasps> no, he is so smart and interesting and, and such a We supporter. love smart and interesting people, which Obviously. is why you're back here Obviously, now. Obviously, guys. <laughs> Before we bid a fond farewell to everyone involved, Sean, myself, and Annie, uh, we have to mention a couple of things. Our good friends at Audio Quip. They were on board before we ever got started. Mm-hmm. And here we are, 201 episodes later. People are getting back out there. They're doing shows. They're doing TED Talks. Mm-hmm. They are doing, you know, street corner juggling with amplification. <laughs> whatever whatever it is you might be doing, our friends at Audio Equip can help you. I'm not mocking them, nor no. am I mocking jugglers, because you know what? <laughs> You try juggling chainsaws, Sean. No. You try. No. Yeah, exactly. You're not ready, are you? I'm not ready. What if we lit them on fire? Then I would do it. No, you You wouldn't. Absolutely. Because then you're really in the fuck it mode. Exactly. You're really, really in the fuck it mode at that point. Yeah, but do you know how to rock one of those tape-on Britney Spears mics at that point? No. Our good friends at AudioQuip, though, can bring you up to speed when you you have said, fuck it, I don't care, I'm going to juggle sharks. Then you go ahead and call our friends at Audio Live Quip. sharks? <laughs> live sharks. Like live baby sharks, I would do. Good luck keeping sharks alive <laughs> That's a good on point. the street corner you at 40 seconds. Yeah, dip them as part of them. Dip them into salt water. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm not even sure what's happening anymore. <laughs> But that's kind of why I love being here. My name is Brian. His name is Sean. Her name is Annie. And it's been fun doing episode 201. We're going to wrap things up. Now, there is a very strong possibility that, Annie, you are going to help us celebrate our two-year anniversary in the not-too-distant future. Hell yeah. Details remain 
sketchy. We're close. We're close. To getting some other shit figured out. Yeah. But that's life, isn't it, man? Getting yeah. your other shit figured out, bro. Yeah. Am I right? We so want to get this going because we think the world of you, Annie. You're we like do. So, In fact, Aww, y'all. You're I'm so freaking authentic. And I just think about your bandmates and it's like you, you're the type of person that would not put up with any bullshit, <laughs> phony, like passive aggressive bullshit. Like, nope, here's who I am. Like, love it or hate it. This is who I am. This is what I'm presenting. That's what I love about you. Like, and I, we, you know, we've met a handful of times, yeah. but you are the fucking real deal. And I love that. I love what you're putting out for music as well. Thank just you great. so much. So I'm, thank you. I get, feel like I just get to sit in a room with my friends here and talk about music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's my favorite thing to talk about. So it's great. That well, and that's the idea. You know, so. that, I mean, but that's one of the great things about doing a podcast, right? It's like you never have any idea who's going to care, but we could have an actual conversation yeah. for an mm-hmm. hour and it, it feels good to delve into a deeper understanding like you don't suffer fools i clearly do on the regular right i mean they pointed right at me for those i did not, not do that on the camera i was throwing my hand out to the side <laughs> oh. in an evocative gesture oh, okay that was not at you sean <sighs> you know how i feel about you Annie, uh, thank you very much walkie talkie available widely where people get their things yep you're bringing it around to local record stores band camp too band camp on fridays when they give again it's still not a ton annie is not going to be able to retire yeah. comfortably even if you buy all the copies that are on band Camp, which is infinite, right? Infinite. It's digital. And also, I'm going to say too. I've started to listen to artists on Spotify, and then I just Venmo money to them. That is because maybe nice you don't have Bandcamp. Just like if you listen yep. to Spotify, then just find their Venmo and pay them. Great. Pay idea. the artists. It's and, easy. And what's great? I mean, I remember back in the day that you actually just like stirred this crazy memory in my head. Late '90s, doing radio. Radiohead did this mm. thing that was so radical, where they put out in rainbows. Yes, and they said, "Pay what you want." And everybody lost their yeah. fucking mind, yeah. including the record industry. Like, what the fuck do you mean? Pay what <laughs> yeah. you want. You can't fuck do you. That. 1998. <laughs> Otherwise, fuck you. They're like, pay what you want. And yeah. because, you now again, not every band can do that, right? right? But because they were Radiohead, they literally helped change the model of the world we live in yep. because... It turned out they made a shitload of money on that record because, of course, there were people who came in and took it for free, right? Mm-hmm. Because we were in the era of of ripping stuff offline, and that was the era. But there were so many people who loved them so much that they're like, here's 20 bucks, here's 15 bucks, here's 8 bucks, here's yeah. $2, here's whatever. Here's 100, you know, yeah. like sometimes, If you, you know? have it, right? Yeah. And so they, they literally, with that one move, changed the model. But what you bring up is, I think, maybe something that people don't think often enough about. Like, you go and stream a record, and you're like, and so, like, I work at a record store, right? And so I routinely will buy things. I'm like, you know, not my favorite record in the world. This is worth 20 of my dollars. I have $20. Mm-hmm. Same thing that you're talking about right now. They'll have a link. Venmo them. Two dollars, eighteen dollars, forty-five, sixteen, whatever you have. One hundred and sixteen is a good number. That's weird. Is that a prime number? Um, No. But uh, you, you bring up an excellent point. Like if you find something you like, no, I know. If you, if you find something, oh no, I didn't think we were going to do math. You guys, pause. I was under the impression there was not going to be any math on this podcast. Beating sweat above my lap. No more long division. I just, I think you bring up an excellent point that no matter what you do, again, I've been ultra broke. I've also had times of excess, right? And so you find something you love, you find a way to pay for it. Because if we live in a world of art, we're fucked, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Heavy. So Jesus. train yourself, Dang. by the way, with all the untraining we had to do over COVID, 
train yourself to go back to fucking shows. Yeah. Because there was an yeah. untraining that happened. Yeah. I really do. I think yeah. there was. It was like, oh, this is what I used to do, and now here's what I do. And no, you got to... And I'm, I myself am I'm guilty of this, that it's like, I need to train myself to go back to shows again. Yep. Because I used to do it all the time, and now I'm an empty nester, and I have no fucking excuse. Jesus Christ. I'm going to call you, and I'm going to make you come to a show with me. Let's all do right, it. I'm in. Okay, great. Yep. Good. <clears throat> yeah, I won't be available. Okay, time. that's fine. Uh... <laughs> But that being said, whether we were locked down in COVID or whether we're back out living life as everything was always normal, buy a fucking t-shirt, man. Yeah. The t-shirts are sitting right there. They're generally black. Everybody looks good in a black t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Tell me one person who doesn't look good in a black t-shirt. Buy the fucking t-shirt. Go see the bands you love and try to enjoy your life. Walkie Talkie is the new record. May we please hear one more song from Walkie Talkie before we bid you a fond farewell. Yes, I just want to tell a quick anecdote. So set, the scene is set. John is behind his own quadrant of plastic he comes out and he plays this this riff that goes and all of the dna in my body then the musical dna that's like about anthems and mm. classic rock lights up and i'm like clearly this is a song about music and so i wrote all these little vignettes about people i loved who shared their music with me like we all had that experience yeah. like we're in the time machine with the person we loved mm-hmm. who shared the music and then um and then i <laughs> name drop all these different artists that i loved at the time and it's a love letter to music because I fucking love music so much.